Hey, Adam. Yo. Yo, I noticed you have your hat on. You have your hat off. Hat on, hat off. What's what's the rhyme or reason to that? Well, I need a haircut, and I'm extremely vain, and so I keep going back and forth between wanting to show off these glorious locks and wanting to uh, look my best. Right. Well, I'm all good. <laughs> Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily music advice coming at you, coming at you still uh, in semi quarantine. Well, I mean, not a full quarantine, would we say? No. I mean, we are not in our house. I know everybody's different, and, yeah. and it's fine. Everybody can have different rules. Yeah. We are kind of, we have June 1st as sort of our next day that we're going to peek our heads out and see what we want to do with it. That's wow. Okay. Yeah. So June that's, 1st, that's the a hat very comes conservative. Off. June 1st, yeah. the hat comes off. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, because actually a bunch of people contacted me because I guess they saw in the news or whatever at the beginning of this week. They're like, Missouri opened up. And so, but that's like the state officially where yeah. we were both. you Well, you live in the city of St. Louis. I live in the county of St. Louis. But they kind of go in lockstep together, I've noticed. And yep. they put a later date of, um, I think, May 18th. But I really think it's not going to be, and, you know, as it pertains to music. We're always talking about music here because we are daily music advice. But uh, my feeling on it is that it's not going to be. You know, on a certain day, everything's open and then everybody just rushes out to go back to the concert hall and to the club and to the conservatory and all that. It's, it's obviously going to be a gradual process. Yeah, it's definitely not. In fact, so I, I was I've been texting back and forth with Doug, uh, the owner of Thurman's, who I've had that regular Thursday night gig with my trio with right. for the last few years, three years almost. And uh, he, I think, is going to try to open when the city is talking about opening around June 1st, maybe. Yeah. And he's like, but I don't know when the next time I can have music in. I don't even know how many people they're going to let us have in. And so I think it is going to be a small trickle. I know for for Missouri, it's one of these weird states. It's like if you live in the middle of southern Missouri, yeah. you, don't, you probably don't live near anybody. Like you're naturally socially distant <laughs> right uh just by by geography right and you know in some of these some of these counties where there's just so few people it's like yeah they can open up and and it's probably you know no corona and it's a little bit safer to go a little earlier but you know then we have kansas city and st louis and the surrounding areas it's just we're all packed in here man it's, it's no different than any other major city so right it's a the opening the state i can i get it and i think it was smart that the governor just allowed the municipalities to kind of decide on their own and it's smart of st louis and st louis county to decide not to open quite yet yeah no i agree and the fact that you use smart and our governor in the same sentence i mean i would have never I thought agree. that I, that would happen but it's i probably, never would i know <laughs> it was accidental no. on both sides <laughs> no 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 credit credit where credit's due it's a, i think it's a solid it's a solid plan on that end there are yep. other things that are way not solid but yeah that has yep, been yep. something i don't mind yep. anyway uh let's take some questions we got a bunch of people in here that's right and we were just as a reminder we are just to further confuse you depending on where you're listening or watching this we are on the instagram lives here this is instagram live you'll hear it saturdays which happens every saturday at 1 p.m no 2 p.m 2 p.m. Eastern Standard 2 Time. 2 p.m. Eastern, yeah. And uh, this is where, you know, we just get together and, and we look at each other and, and sometimes even have some guests on, but we take questions and then this becomes part of the podcast. So I'll take a question here uh, from a friend, Mel Flannery, who's a great singer based out of New York and uh, her uh, and she's a great musician and her husband, Danny, is a great musician, great drummer. 
uh, from St. Louis originally, Danny Shear, awesome player, and nice. uh, both of them. And she says, uh, D- uh, Danny, horse torso, which is handle, and I are currently trying to figure out how to fit a piano in our house, even though we have other keyboards. Can't replace the real deal. Yeah. Yes. That's not even a question, but I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to agree with you, Mel. Just yes, do it. And can I just suggest, if you can find a Baldwin Acrosonic, they're Ooh. spinet pianos, and they're little soulful boxes of joy they're really if you want like bang for your buck and and fit a lot of like sound and and they feel awesome and they just have a great soul to them for you can usually find them for you know two grandish for a for a you know a spinet piano which is not that terrible not that cheap either but it's it's worth it well i guess yeah i mean there's some at jackson piano uh hashtag jackson piano for like 1200 bucks actually but i think she's they're in they're in the new york area so i'm just i'm inflating the price for them well i think that's a good price especially if it's in good shape and it's been you know kind of uh you know rejuvenated a little bit or whatever i think you a lot of times you'll see these like um any kind of spin it's for like 400 bucks 500 bucks you don't know what you're getting you got to move it you got to do all that your, your mileage may vary situation, but uh, I agree. Those little ball winds are, they're, they're very durable too. And they can they, hold, they hold a tune like, yeah. like nobody's business. They're little tanks. And I've never played an acrosonic, a ball and acrosonic that wasn't at least fun to play. Like yeah. even if they're, if they haven't been kept up, they're not in great shape. They're always fun, but usually they're fun and in great shape. So yeah. And it's not going to be a huge sound obviously, but I mean, per, per square footage, or cubic meter centimeter of of piano there it's a pretty good sound actually it is a pretty good sound yeah uh ewan oh yeah that was the one i was looking at see we are you got we are bam no, no I'm, gonna, you sorry, go. I'm gonna i'm gonna let you have it a little more no we're gonna go back and forth man because that gives you a chance to indulge in your what what kind of uh sparkly water are we dealing with today i've just, just been doing sparkly water with citrus all, you know all, all the time it's avec my, citron so yeah, Ewan says, how should you keep up motivation for practicing? Thanks from Scotland. Um, motivation for practicing. I think there's a number of different ways to do it. So you know w- what I recommend is kind of developing several different ways so that you can draw on them at different times because it's like anything. You know the the motivation can wane in different areas. But if you have other ways, like I hear talking about people saying, well, you know, I started working out, but I kind of lost my motivation. And I always think like, you probably didn't lose the the motivation in terms of like your overall goal, but you might've lost one of the ways that you motivate yourself, even like how you kind of talk to yourself or how you reward yourself. So there's a lot of ways we can kind of go into that deeper. We won't have time for it, but I would say in general, think about, you know, what your goal is. I always say like the goal should not be I want to practice X number of hours this week or I want to be even the goal shouldn't be I want to be an amazing jazz pianist. I think the goal should be I want to be I want to be a practicing pianist. I want to be somebody who practices as opposed to say yeah. like I want to do the certain amount because That's then so true, man. You're, you're like like you can do that immediately as soon as you start practicing even if you don't like what you're hearing or you feel like not motivated you're like wow well that is who I am and it's kind of the thing of like you, you yeah you can make your goal I want to run a marathon but how about making a goal of I want to be a runner because yeah. then you're putting yourself in that in that framework yeah, of yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying the process I'm part of the process even when it gets hard so the motivation if your motivation is just to run the marathon or be the great jazz pianist, you're making it a lot harder because you're putting off the reward that you're giving yourself for achieving something. I've been reading um, 
this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Have you read this? Yeah, absolutely. This sounds exactly out of that, where there's these... Yeah, he stole it all from me. (laughs) There's basically the three levels of, of motivation for habits, right? It's to be motivated by the output, which is... Uh, the goal, right, of like, okay, I want to be a world-class jazz pianist, and that's my motivation for practicing. That is the one that least works for exactly. daily motivation. Love then there's the, the, the motivation of habit, right, which is a little bit better, which is uh, I want to practice every day, you know, which is, which is kind of what you were saying there. That's like, it's a better goal to have of I, I want to I wanna be someone who, pra- I, I, not I want to be someone, but I want to practice every day. That's right. my goal. Right. That's a better goal. The, but the third and the most important one and the one that could actually provide real motivation and real change because it, what it does is it takes all of the friction out of the equation is you have to become the, the, uh, the, identi- the identity of someone who practices every right. day. So you, you say, I want to be a world-class jazz pianist. That's sort of my North Star goal, right? And then you say, well, what do those people do? Well, they practice every day. They're motivated to practice every day. And every time that you you practice, you vote for that's you as as your identity, right? Yeah. And so eventually you start shifting your identity to I am someone who 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 is on their way to being a world class jazz pianist or or where, whatever your goal is. But that includes practicing every day. That's just part of what I know is going to fulfill me and and yep. part of my identity. And it's just so much easier to change a habit or start a habit or take away a negative habit if it aligns with what you think like your overall strategy as a human being is like if i identify as someone who cares about the environment and i own like 17 monster trucks and i fly (laughs) and i fly to rolla missouri back and forth every day and you know what i mean and i refuse to recycle or do anything about the environment that you ain't woke. Line, you ain't woke. <laughs> that's not really my identity. You know what I mean. So if right. if we can like set our identity up to to, to uh, first, and and our habits become part of our identity, uh, it's so much more powerful and easier because there's no conflict. Right, right. And I would say that um, I wholeheartedly agree with all that. And um, you know, in terms of the question, how do you keep up your motivation for practicing? This kind of mindset shift, and it's definitely not an overnight thing. This is not something that's like, even if it makes sense, it takes work, uh, but it's it's definitely achievable. Um, but that can start to feed your own inner mo- motivation to practice because sure. that's what we're always looking for. If you think about, you know, sometimes people will say like, well, uh, well, like you're doing the guided practice sessions. That's like an external uh, motivator for somebody to practice because they're meeting you every day. And then they might be like, Oh, if Adam sees I'm not here or whatever. And that's a great kind of motivation to have. And we, and that's one way um, that if you have access that it can be great. But what happens on a day that your internet's out and Adam's not there or what happens, you know, when you need a different kind of motivation. So the inner motivation is always great. You never want to only rely on inner motivation because nobody's strong enough to, to always have that, you know, no matter how, great your mind is but we can only totally count on ourselves for motivation i think to practice even like say inspiration from it's important to kind of separate inspiration and motivation in terms of this because sometimes inspiration can be very motivating but not always so you can't just rely on like wow i heard this incredible mccoy tyner solo that adam and peter talked about and so it's so inspired me to practice and so you know so that'll last you a little bit and, and can motivate you but on another day it could be 
discouraging. You're like, oh man, McCoy time. I'll, I'll never get there. So you have to have different ways to be motivated. I, hopefully some of these will resonate, but then work on all of them and then start to be confident in that you have things to draw on, you know, to motivate. But, but that, that one of like, I am a, a practicing musician. I'm a, I'm a pianist that practices every day. Like once that becomes something with you, um, it, it all gets a little bit easier. Yeah, if you can identify with the people that you see that are doing it the way you want to do it and are where you want to be with it yeah. and say, I just I don't care what it is. I just want to be one of those people and then notice what they do to get there and then yeah. do that. And then you, you slowly start to build your habits around this identity and then your identity kind of feeds. It starts this positive feedback loop, right? Yeah. You and, just, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just thinking that. um and I always like to try to make it personal just so that you see kind of what our struggles and successes and how they how they relate. I mean, it's just our stories. And, we, you know, the more we share our stories with each other, it can you never know what it's going to unlock for somebody. But I think that the essence of what you were talking about before, Adam, is like the difference between like I, I was sort of, you know, playing around in the plant based eating you know, kind of vegetarian, a little bit of vegan, whatever. But at a certain point, and people are like, oh, are you vegetarian? I'm like, well, I'm not about labels or whatever. And, and I'm not, but I realized like for my own personal thing to, to make a an eating change that I, I was actually very motivated to do. At a certain point, I had to say, yes, I'm a vegan. I'm, I'm eating plant-based and, you know, I'm still even learning what the hell those mean. But, you know, you have to say it sometime. You don't have to yeah. say, like, I'm the most woke-ass, plant-based, <laughs> you know, earth-loving vegan ever, and I'm better than you. That, you're taking it too far. But whatever it is that you want to do better, it doesn't mean you're the greatest at that at that point. But that's why, I was in, that's why I'm always saying it. We mean this. It's like we're all jazz pianists. Not everybody on here. I know we got some other people. But if you're trying to learn to play jazz, if you're a drummer or whatever, you're, you know, embody that. That's not, that's not false or that's fake. That's motivation for you to be the best version of that. For sure. For sure. Um, uh, yeah. And for every, anybody out there, check out that Atomic Habits by James yeah. Clear. It's, it's, it's a, very, uh, a very good look at how our habits influence our identity and vice versa and, and ways to sort of get that together. Yeah. And on the podcast, we'll have a link below to that. For sure. Um, let's take one more question and then uh, let's do another episode. What do you say? Okay. Sounds good. Janny, this is going back to our piano thing. Janny Pie 314 says, currently looking at piano options, reconditioned Steinway Model O 1930 versus new Yamaha. Any thoughts? So honestly, my knee jerk here is the new Yamaha. Even though I prefer a Steinway, yeah. 1930 is pretty old. Yeah. And O is not a very great, it's not the best Steinway length that you can get anyway. And so depending right. on what, all we have is a new Yamaha. So is it a new Yamaha C7, a C3, an upright? Even if it's the upright, the, the grand upright, the apartment piano, I might take that over a 1930 Steinway O, depending on how good condition the Steinway O is in. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Yamaha, it's a little hard not knowing the Yamaha model. Is yeah. there anything on the model? Yeah. No, but I mean, new. new. Yeah, I mean, any new. I mean, Yamaha makes some very pedestrian new pianos and i think they're like um what do they call them Cons not conservatory model i don't know something like a lower end kind of model yeah. so you could get into a not a great quality instrument but whatever it is you're getting from yamaha and then they make some amazing you know their their handmade nine foot grand is like i mean it rivals 
Steinway and Bosendorfer. And, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And actually, Yamaha owns Bosendorfer now anyway. So that, hey. that's almost considered a Yamaha piano. But um, but what, whatever model Yamaha you're getting, you're going to get a tighter... You're like without having seen the piano, you're gonna. We would have a better idea of what it is if it's new. Like their their tolerance for differences. I mean, of course there are differences, but if you know the model and it's new, and you can have a technician, you know, give it a good go over. I mean, it, it is what it is, and it can be something from very good to just meh. Um, whereas, yeah, yeah the sure. Steinway O could be could be glorious, but I mean, I couldn't imagine unless it's had a whole lot of money put into it recently and time and attention. Um, that it is not going to be in need of quite a bit of work, especially if you want to practice on it a lot. That's becomes yep. an issue with those older pianos. They can be amazing, um, but but if they're going to be played a lot, if you're going to have it sitting in your living room and it's going to be mostly holding pictures, then go with the Steinway because it probably looks amazing. It's a, sure. probably a beautiful piece of furniture and it probably plays okay, you know. Yeah. But you're talking about you're, going on ninety years old. Yeah, pianos are not like violins or guitars where they. You know, the, they age really into themselves. No. In fact, there's, they're kind of like a banana in that they, they're tight at first and then they have this, they have this sweet spot, right, right. where they get ripe and they're just beautiful and then they get rotten. Right. And it's hard to get them back to that ripe space. I mean, as we were talking about the uh, Steinway here in our, in our studio, like it has such a great soundboard and a great sound, but it takes a lot of money and work just to get it back to where it should be you know and, right. and it, it'll probably without unless we did maybe a complete overhaul that would be as much as a new yamaha yeah exactly <laughs> like, exactly if yeah. money's no object yeah you can yeah. get you can get like an 1884 beautiful steinway grand with like an art house case and a totally new beautifully built perfect you know soundboard from that guy in ohio basically it'd be a totally new steinway on the inside you know is what it totally would be. yeah yeah yeah. because exactly. there's nothing you might as well on... just get a new steinway <laughs> i know exactly that's true well but you want that beautiful art case which doesn't really change the sound as far as i can tell at all um no. but i think yeah i mean the, the big difference between the violins and stuff is like an older piano can be fantastic but for it to be as good as a new one Eventually, you're replacing every single thing on it except for the case, I believe, right? I mean, the yeah. strings, the hammers, all the action, the it's keys. Um, there's just so else? much. The soundboard. So, <laughs> there's so many mechanical things that go into it. I mean, the soundboard it's definitely can age okay, but it's not the same as as a guitar. Man, my so I play my dad's Gibson uh, Songbird, which is a, you know, I think he bought it new in 1996, and I think he probably paid two thousand dollars for it or eighteen hundred dollars. Like not a, it's like mid range Gibson. But nineteen ninety six is now almost twenty five years ago. Right. So like the dirt that's got in there and it's it's aged in every year. It just gets like a bigger, tighter, awesome sound. Uh, and I just wish my piano was the same way. <laughs> Question for you, Adam, or maybe yeah. this is for 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 Mister Manis for your father. In yeah. nineteen ninety six, did he also purchase Kenny G's Songbird on CD? I you, that was on the regular at our house. <laughs> they had a Sony, one of those Sony two-speaker boombox CD players, and yeah. we used to go out to the patio and they would drink their sparkly water <laughs> and listen to Songbird. Uh, by the time this night is over. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I loved it, man. By the time this night is over, Lil Adam was conceived. Oh, sorry, sorry. Stop, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> that was it. That was All early. right, man. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for the Q&A. If you're listening to this on the podcast, come join us on Instagram every Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. That's on the, on the Open Studio Instagram. Hey, Open Studio is the handle. And we'll take questions and answers. And uh, yeah, until then, you'll hear it. <laughs>